0: Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 42, The Carthaginian Van Persie. For the first time in a long time, today our attention turns to Carthage. Hannibal has been victorious at Cannae, his greatest victory. When you achieve your greatest victory, the most important thing to do is to consolidate, refocus and improve you cannot afford to be complacent. If you stand still, you'll find yourself going backwards. This is one of history's great lessons, whether you are Hannibal at Kenai or Manchester City after the 2011-12 title victory. In both cases, they needed to improve to succeed. In Manchester City's case, they didn't. This has resulted in us losing the title this year to arch-rivals Manchester United. Manchester City needed to improve. They needed Robin van Persie. However, Manchester United bought van Persie, and they won the league. If Hannibal wanted to continue his success, he too would need to improve. He knew this well enough, and so his brother Margot was sent to Carthage... After supervising the Brutian communities defecting to Carthage, he was to get reinforcements for Hannibal, reinforcements which would be needed to continue Hannibal's success. He needed to bring back the Carthaginian Van Percy. Margot arrived in Carthage, where he went to the Senate to report Rome's defeat and Hannibal's victory. In Italy, Hannibal had fought six Roman commanders-in-chief, four consuls, a dictator, and a master of horse. He had fought six consular armies. Over 200,000 of the enemy had been killed. He had taken over 50,000 prisoners, killed two of the consuls, injured one, while the fourth had barely escaped with his life after the loss of his whole army. The master of horse had been thrashed. The dictator was the only one of them who deserved the title of general, and this was because he never risked a battle. Hannibal's strategy of breaking apart the Italian Confederation was beginning to pay off. The Brutians, Apulians, as well as some of the Samnites and Lucians, had joined Hannibal, along with Capua, the most powerful city in Italy, now Rome, had been devastated. Margot told the Senate they should thank the gods for such blessings. Margot proceeded, demonstrate the scale of Hannibal's victories, to pour out onto the floor of the Senate House all the gold rings they had captured from dead distinguished equites. Apparently, the pile stood a measure high. Though I have no idea how big a measure is. While all this was important, the war was still going on. The closer Hannibal got to victory, the more help he needed. They couldn't afford to be complacent. Hannibal was fighting in enemy country, not their home like the Romans were. They were very, very far from home and from fresh supplies. They were forced to rely on allies. They were consuming food and money at an enormous rate, while his own manpower was weakening, naturally, after fighting so many battles. They must send reinforcements, they must send grain, they must send money. If they did this, then they would win the war. This was a wildly popular speech, and most of the senators were behind the proposals. Almost all of them. Almost. There was one man who didn't support the proposal. A man we've met before. Hamilcar Barker's old rival for power. Hanno the Great. Himilco, a supporter of the Barkids, taunted Hanno, asking him whether they should order Hannibal home and forbid public thanksgiving for his acts. Hanno responded, saying that he would have liked to remain quiet, so not to upset the majority, but he could not. He'd been asked whether he regretted the war with Rome by a fellow senator. Refusing to answer would make him seem either too proud or too subservient. He did not stop regretting the war, and he would not stop until peace on reasonable terms had been brought about. While the things Margot had just boasted of, may bring pleasure to some, they might even bring pleasure to him, if they made good use of it. They were in a position to offer peace, rather than accept it, and they should take advantage of this opportunity before the position was reversed. As things stood, just what were they celebrating? they'd won victories and Hannibal was asking for reinforcements. Had the reverse happened and Hannibal had lost, wouldn't he be asking for the same thing? He then had two questions to put to either Margo or Himilco. Firstly, while Italy was in revolt, had any member of the Latin Confederacy joined them? Secondly, had any Roman a real Roman, a member of one of the 35 tribes, deserted. Maga replied, no, to both questions. Hanno continued, by asking what the morale was of those thousands who were still hostile to them. Mago replied that he didn't know. Hanno asked, had the Romans asked for peace? In fact, had there been any remote contemplation of peace by the Romans? Mago replied, no. Hanno stated that, clearly, they hadn't advanced one inch in the war since Hannibal crossed the Alps. They had been in a similarly positive position in the First Punic War, but they had still been defeated. They should not send supplies to Hannibal. They should get him to offer peace. Few men were persuaded by Hanno, attributing his feud with the Bacchids to be the cause of his words, rather than any validity. And because they didn't like his pessimism, they wanted to celebrate Hannibal's victories. They thought that with a little more effort, the war would be won. They would send Hannibal 4,000 Numidian horsemen, 40 elephants, and a large amount of silver an offer would be sent with Margot to Spain to enlist 20,000 foot and 4,000 horsemen to aid the war effort in Spain and in Italy. Before you think, yes, they improved, they sent reinforcements, it seems like the Carthaginians did the right thing. Does this sound like a Robin van Persie? Does it sound like the type of force that is going to decisively tilt the balance of power in Hannibal's favour? 4,000 horse and forty elephants. No, it doesn't. To me, it seems much more like a Scott Sinclair. Something that will occasionally get used, but isn't really going to add to what you've already got. Think back to how things were going in Spain. For Carthage against the Scipio brothers. Things were going very poorly. Those 24,000 were realistically not going to leave Spain and make it to Italy. Carthage needed much more investment if they wanted to advance. As I said earlier in the episode, if you don't move forward and stand still, you'll find yourself going backwards. This is exactly What happened? Hannibal never got the reinforcements he needed. But that is for the future. It isn't even as though these reinforcements made it to Hannibal quickly, they were very slow, much slower than the Romans, who, while already active, had been forced into overdrive by their dire position. Again, if I point your attention to the 2012 summer transfer window, Manchester City's sluggish performance after winning the title. I'm very sorry for this episode if you don't like football, or don't follow English football. It is extremely heavy on it, but I look for comparisons where I can, and this happens to be a very football-heavy episode. Or maybe it is something to do with me having the radio on while I write, and constantly being reminded about how Manchester United won the title this week. That may have something to do with it. I'm sure next week will be returned to the usual combination of references to Game of Thrones and The Simpsons. Well, I say next week, but that isn't exactly true. There will be no episode next Sunday. Instead... The episode will be on Thursday, the 2nd of May, our third year anniversary. There will be a very special episode, something that I have been asked for and will finally do. I'm not going to reveal what it is just yet, you'll just have to wait and see. Sadly, after that, I'm going to take a small break from podcasting. I warned you of this a short while back. Exams are coming and I can't devote the time needed to writing a script each week without affecting my studies, which have to come first. After all, the plan is to continue my studies until I have my PhD, and then I can realistically do this forever, or until death, or until podcasts become obsolete, and I move on to whatever comes after that. Podcasts, two, or something. So, While I'm going to have to be away for a few weeks, it is in the podcast's best interests. So, what will the schedule be? The next full episode will be on the 16th of June, in seven weeks' time. I'm not completely abandoning you, though. As I say, there will be a special on the 2nd of May, and there will be another special on Sunday the 19th of May. That special will be something I wrote for university, but I'm going to release it as an episode. It'll be unlike anything else I've ever done. It will be about an hour long and looking at the importance of the battle of Adrianople. There will be something in the first week of June, perhaps Thursday the 6th, which will be a recap of what's going on, a mini-sode or something so don't think of it as me going away for two months. We're just having to go on a one-episode-every-two-weeks format for a little bit. And of course there is the London meetup, about 4pm at the Georgian, London, Saturday the 8th of June. I hope to see you then. That's probably enough of me yapping for this week, so I won't give you the full plugs list. i just recommend two things. Firstly, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the history of podcast. It is currently home to Latin videos, but I'm going to add some new content in the coming weeks and months, stuff much closer with the podcast than learning Latin, so check that out. I'm also going to plug my Instagram. I'm very easy to find on there, it's just Jamie Redfern. If you can't make it to London, I hope to put some stuff up on there, so you should probably check that out. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on Thursday.